hello everybody welcome back to another episode of the seems like diet culture podcast if you're new here welcome my name is mallory page i am a registered dietitian and i am also the host of this podcast which i created because i wanted a space to be able to discuss nutrition wellness exercise recovery and more in a non-diet way I don't know if you guys have been feeling this lately, but it just feels as if diet culture has been rampant. And as a baseline, diet culture is very entrenched in so many of the things that we see around these topics. And so my hope with this podcast is that it gives you a different perspective and helps you to decide how you want to view something or incorporate it into your life. This week, we have an episode that I am very passionate about, and I've been thinking about doing this for a really long time. And we've already touched on this topic before, all the way back to the very beginning episodes of this podcast. But I just feel like with everything that I've been seeing lately online and the conversations I've been having with my clients and friends, we need to touch on it again. So today we are talking about intuitive eating versus intuitive restriction. Now I know as I say this, you may already have some resistance to what I'm sharing or even some confusion because intuitive eating is, I feel like on the internet, seen as the antithesis of diet culture. And so the idea of something like intuitive restriction almost in itself feels like a contradiction because how could being intuitive and being restrictive exist in the same vein? Well, that's exactly why I want to talk about it because I think there is this natural resistance to it and I think there is this natural confusion to it about it. But in reality, this is something that I'm seeing happen and I'm seeing it heavily affect so many of my clients and so many people online. But before we get into the topic, I did want to quickly announce that my 12-week signature program, Live Unrestricted, that is designed to transform your relationship with food and body image once and for all is officially accepting applications for our last round of this year. It will be starting at the end of August and there are limited spots Plus, they are filling quite quickly. We've had four fill within the last four days, which has been incredible. So if you are wanting to go into the holiday season and the end of the year feeling really strong in your relationship with food and yourself, and you want an extremely high support, individualized and personalized program with information that is not just cookie cutter, you should apply to Live Unrestricted. It is a no-risk application because basically after you apply, you just are directed to book a free consult with me. And in that consult, all we do is discuss if it's the right fit. And if we don't feel like it's the right fit or if you just don't think it's the right time to do it, you do not have any pressure to go to the next steps of actually engaging in the program. So Even if you're just curious about it, if you want to learn more, if you want to see if this is right for you, I highly, highly suggest applying so that you can get in for this last program of the year. But without further ado, let's just get into the episode. So first, of course, we'll give a crash course on intuitive eating. I feel like you guys probably understand intuitive eating pretty well, so I'm not going to dive into it a ton. 
But intuitive eating is a concept that was created by Elise Reich and Evelyn Tribal. The book that they put out about this is called Intuitive Eating, A Revolutionary Program That Works. It is very, very popular. It's been around since 1995. The book has, and now there are tons of different renditions of it, and they have workbooks, and they have it for kids, and so many different areas of intuitive eating have also now been researched. If you were to just go online and look up intuitive eating research, you would see tons and tons and tons of articles that you can sift through backing the idea of intuitive eating. And I also feel like most people are aware of this concept now. Whether they like it or dislike it is a different story, but many people are aware of it. And really what it means is you're tapping into your body's natural ability to tell you when you're hungry or satisfied. What's funny about intuitive eating is that we're pretty much all born as intuitive eaters. And most of the time, why we stray away from that is because of the rules of society and what people think we should or should not do. But pretty much everyone listening to this podcast at some point has probably engaged in intuitive eating. And so I just want to say that because I think that this term can kind of take on a life of its own in that it feels like this whole different concept, almost as if you are entering into a diet, right? Like keto, for example, feels like a whole concept that you have to achieve through specific rules. But in its, in its its at its core, intuitive eating is simply just eating in a way that you probably used to by tapping into what makes you feel best. Now, the basis of intuitive eating is the 10 principles. So the 10 principles are as follows. Number one, reject a diet mentality. Number two, honor your hunger. Number three, make peace with food. Number four, challenge the food police. Number five, discover the satisfaction factor. Number six, feel your fullness. Number seven, cope with your emotions with kindness. Number eight, respect your body. Number nine, movement, feel the difference. And number 10, honor your health, gentle nutrition. I want to make note of the fact that gentle nutrition is one of the principles that has also somewhat taken on its own life. A lot of people are familiar with the term gentle nutrition in and of itself, and yet it actually is deduced from the 10 principles of intuitive eating and is the last principle for many good reasons that we won't necessarily get into within this episode. So I want to talk about where the issues with intuitive eating lie. And I don't mean where the creators of intuitive eating went wrong. I mean the ways of which people co-opt intuitive eating languages or ideas and twist them to make them into something that suits their mindset, lifestyle, or particular goals that they want to achieve, even if it's not at the core of intuitive eating. Now, I want to mention that I'm not saying that everybody that is doing the things I'm about to mention, it's not that they're intentionally doing that always. Sometimes it's just them thinking that they're trying to go about intuitive eating in the right way, and they just don't have the tools to know, or they haven't been thoroughly, they haven't thoroughly gotten intuitive eating explained to them. So I'm not trying to say there's anything wrong with what these people are doing and they're doing something wrong, but I am highlighting the fact that in and of itself, doing these things is not intuitive eating. So the two main issues that come up with intuitive eating are number two and number five, because a lot of people that go into intuitive eating 
or sorry, number two and number six, which is honor your hunger and feel your fullness. Here's the thing. If you've gone through years of dieting, restricting, if you've had food rules, if you've had heightened stress, if you have had anything that has changed your hunger and fullness cues, even something as simple as consistently skipping breakfast, not even slightly for a restrictive reason, but just because you don't feel hungry at that time, you do not have access to adequate hunger and fullness cues. And so when you go into intuitive eating, you are going to be unable to complete intuitive eating properly. It is simply impossible to complete intuitive eating unless you have consistently established hunger and fullness cues that communicate with you regularly throughout the day over extended periods of time. Now, this does not mean that you have points in the day where you feel super hungry. This means that you wake up for breakfast and at a certain point you're hungry and lunch and dinner and for snacks. And multiple times throughout the day, you experience that sensation. Now, of course, there are times where our body isn't communicating with us, so there are some external circumstances that are affecting our hunger and fullness, but most of the time, you feel that hunger and fullness kick in around food. So those are the two main problems that I see, and I'm presenting these because these are going to tie into what we talk about in terms of the intuitive restriction. Another thing to think about is how challenging it actually is to achieve all of these principles. This is my main qualm with the idea of intuitive eating as just a means to heal an eating disorder because it's not. It's not at all. You cannot heal your eating disorder through intuitive eating. It's impossible. That's why you'd need to work with someone that can help you through the steps to actually get to intuitive eating as an end goal. But think about how challenging it is to just totally reject the diet mentality, not be affected by diet culture, which includes wellness culture, things like balancing your blood sugar or hacking your hormones. Same thing with the food police. That's good and bad foods. You can't just, you know, snap your fingers and have that go away. Even knowing what satisfies you and discovering the satisfaction factor is huge. I have many clients that come to me and They don't even know what they want because it's been so long that they've been telling themselves they can only have certain things. Coping with your emotions is a complicated thing. This is why in my program, Live Unrestricted, we do an entire module just on the idea of how to work through the challenges and the ways that you cope with emotional struggles and also how that connects to food, exercise, and body image, plus how to work through it because this is very complex and it's related to limiting beliefs, it's related to identity, and it's related to so much more than we may even know. And then also respecting your body. I mean, we all want to respect our body, right? But at the same time, accepting it and just telling ourselves, you know, I'm fine how I am, especially when we've had influences that have changed the way we view ourselves growing up and or the media that's always contributing to how we view ourselves. It's not easy. And so I don't say this as a criticism to the idea of intuitive eating. I agree 1 million percent and stand behind the fact that intuitive eating is amazing and that all of these things are necessary prerequisites before you can really dive into it. But many of the people coming to intuitive eating are not in this current space where they have achieved all of these principles. 
So this leads us into the topic of why we see what I would like to call intuitive restriction. Now, I guarantee that every single one of you guys listening to this podcast has at some point gone through, have at some point gone through your social media and you have seen one of these type of videos where someone is sharing a what I eat in a day and they say it's intuitive eating and you look at it and you think to yourself, that does not look like enough food. And maybe you even know it's not enough food because you look at the ingredients or or not ingredients, sorry, you look at the information of what's being shared and it's obvious. You know, you may see a cliff bar and then a bowl of cereal that you know of and then, I don't know, some meal that someone has ordered and you can say, that's, that's 1200 calories. And I know that's not enough food. I've been taught through all of the different things that I've seen online and through my own body that that's not enough food. I guess the own body is not a good example because everybody is different, but when it comes to 1200 calories, it's not enough food for anybody other than a toddler based off of even just generic calorie equations. And those don't even cover calculating calories fully. So when you see those videos, I think that it can elicit a very confusing response. There is almost this mental dissonance that starts to happen between, okay, wait, intuitive eating is someone listening to their own body and I don't know what someone else's body needs. So maybe this is what they need and it's just not that much food. And so am I eating too much food and what's wrong with my version of intuitive eating? And, you know, is there supposed to be a different way that intuitive eating looks for someone that has less hunger cues than me or whatever else comes into your mind. I'm trying to get into the mindset of someone that may see this that is still not 100% confident in how they may be eating or maybe someone that's in recovery and they're wondering what the quote-unquote end goal of their recovery looks like. So when that happens, I think it has us questioning so much and that's why I wanted to talk about this because With what I was just explaining about the principles, whether someone feels as if they are following those principles or not, the reality is that intuitive eating should never end up as someone not eating enough calories to sustain their body. And many of these videos that I see are enforcing and exemplifying habits that are ensuring that that person is simply not getting enough food. And it's very obvious by what they're showing. And this doesn't have to do, this doesn't have anything to do with the way that they look or with comparing their food and saying it's wrong. It's just reality based off being someone as a dietitian that can look at this and say, from what we see here, this is simply not enough to sustain someone. Now, there's that side of it, and then there's also the side of it that is these things that are, there, there are these habits people also engage in and pass them off as intuitive eating that directly go against what intuitive eating is about. So, the typical example I am not hungry until X, Y, and Z time in the day, and so because I listen to my body, I don't eat until then. But that time that they're not eating until is super late in the day. And then they call it potentially intermittent fasting or something. Or they just say, oh yeah, no, I'm not hungry until that time. Just because you're not hungry until that time does not mean that that is how far you should push off eating. We know for women that 
pushing off eating is very harmful. There's a whole podcast that I have about this. It's the intermittent fats, whoa, intermittent fasting podcast that will explain that more if you would like to check it out. But the way that this can mess with your hormones and mess with how you feel is very detrimental. And most often, the reason why people are engaging with that is not actually because of the fact that they're not truly hungry until that time. I mean, they may not feel like they are, but mostly because they don't have hunger cues that are communicating with them to eat because they have in some way upheld rules or avoided eating until a certain period of time. Another example of this is people will say, listening to my body, intuitive eating only whole foods or only meat or only unprocessed. I've seen so many of these lately. And the thing about intuitive eating is although, of course, you can have your own preferences for sure, and there are foods that you're going to like that someone else won't like and vice versa, to say that intuitive eating has led you to being restrictive of all of these types of food groups or all of these types of ingredients is simply inaccurate. What is most likely to have happened is that you have decided that those foods are not something that you would like to fit and you are either exercising a level of mental control continuously that you do not view as non-intuitive or you've been doing that for so long that subconsciously Your body may crave something, but mentally you shut it down so it's not even coming into a conscious thought because you've been so regimented in those same viewpoints. Trust me, because I was what I consider to be a quote-unquote intuitive eater at some points during my eating disorder, and yet it was only because of those tactics that I was just explaining that I was doing that. In reality, there was a point in time that I finally hit where I recognized, oh, this has not been intuitive at all. And a big sign around those things was whenever I was drinking or whenever I was kind of, quote unquote, out of control, like doing something that was taking me outside of my normal environment, I started to recognize that I had these very intense cravings for those types of foods or for that type of freedom. And this didn't happen right away in my struggles with food. It happened later on. And that's what most people find is that over time, this will wear you down to a point where you start to recognize it. So even if you're in that phase right now and you think, no, I haven't had any of those symptoms, I get it because that was me too. But that doesn't mean that it, it will not come in the future. So those are two of the things that I see the most in terms of people kind of co-opting that intuitive eating language. And this isn't even getting into all of the arguments that I see happening in these comments that are simply exhausting. You'll have some of these videos where people will be sharing, you know, this doesn't look like enough food or it's weird that you're saying this is intuitive when you're not eating until X, Y, and Z time which I'm not arguing to have these comments. I'm just stating an observation that they happen. And then you'll have the other people in there saying, this is enough food. You guys are such haters. She obviously is just quote unquote healthy or quote unquote takes care of herself. Or maybe they're even attacking other people in the comments, saying negative things about them in relation to their claims about what this person is eating. And it's a whole war that goes on within these types of videos, comments, and oftentimes there's a lot of moralizing certain types of bodies or certain ways of eating. And it's just, 
it's kind of exhausting even for me to go through these. So I can't imagine as someone that maybe is still trying to figure out intuitive eating or their relationship with food, how it would feel. I know if it was past me trying to look at this stuff, I would feel exhausted by it and kind of confused by it. And so when we look at the topic of intuitive eating versus intuitive restriction, I think that the things that are important to keep in mind are, number one, most people that are actually intuitive eating are not usually sharing what I eat in a days because they're not thinking about food that much. That's just my general observation. Now, in saying this, I will call myself out as I always do that when I was originally starting on YouTube years ago, I would share intuitive eating what I eat in a days on my YouTube. Those are all archived now, so you cannot go find them because I overall decided that I do not think that those are helpful. And I say that because I really was intuitive eating at that time, and I thought that what I was doing was helpful. And yet when I looked back on it, I just didn't feel like it was helpful enough because what if it negatively affected someone? Was it really more helpful for people to see that than it was to not? Eh, I decided no. So, and that being said, of course, that is not a universal recommendation that everyone that intuitively eats would never post a what I eat in a day. But that is one observation that I have mostly noticed. Now, the second thing is, what are they saying about their relationship to food? Or what are they commenting about the food that they're eating? If there are any types of qualifications such as unprocessed or low sugar or high protein or anything along those lines, they are not fully intuitively eating. Because gentle nutrition, the 10th principle of intuitive eating, it does speak about implementing things that help to make sure that your body is functioning functioning properly. And in doing that, it gives awareness around nutrient-dense foods. But it has never and will never say that you should be avoiding food groups or overemphasizing the importance of food groups either. And so to state that you are doing any of those things within your day of intuitive eating pretty much contradicts the idea of intuitive eating in and of itself. Now, that is not to say that when you are on your intuitive eating journey, there can't be things that you maybe think about. Like, oh, I'm recognizing that I'm having a hard time getting in vegetables. So I'm going to buy some frozen vegetables at the store and throw them into my meal prep this week. Or, hmm, I'm noticing that I'm feeling more full when I add a fat to my breakfast. I'm going to add in nuts to my oatmeal consistently this week because I love making sure that I feel satisfied and sustained after breakfast. That is very different than claiming that your whole day of intuitive eating has a specific focus that's really just kind of a rule in and of itself, similar to the whole 80-20 idea. 80-20 is not intuitive eating because when you think about 80-20, it's still, it's still a rule. Even if it feels more intuitive, there are still these mental barriers that you tell yourself you can and cannot have. Number three 
if you ever look at something and you just think to yourself, you know, this seems off or this seems too good to be true or this just doesn't seem like enough, that's probably the case. Trust your gut when you're consuming content and we can't speculate or know exactly what someone is going through, even based off of what they share on social media. But at the same time, we can remove ourselves from things that we generally do not think are helpful for us to see. And if you're seeing someone's content and you continuously see them using this type of languaging, but you don't really believe that that is what they're doing, it's a good time to take a step back. You don't need to subject yourself to that type of content and that person may be struggling, maybe they're not, maybe they just don't understand what intuitive eating is. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, we could throw out a million maybes because we don't know what everyone is going through, but that doesn't mean it's something that you should be following. Number four is if they're sharing that they have a weight loss or aesthetic goal in conjunction with their intuitive eating. The founders of intuitive eating have continuously shared that weight loss, aesthetic goals, toning up, they do not go with intuitive eating. It directly, again, contradicts the very nature of what intuitive eating is all about. And I see this all the time. I'm sure you guys have seen it in people's bios even where they'll say intuitively eat to shed pounds or to tone up. And that's not true intuitive eating because intuitive eating in conjunction with set point weight and Hayes ideologies tells us that The goal is to get in tune with feeling our best holistically, mentally, physically, emotionally, and in all other aspects of wellness. And when we align with that feeling and when we truly listen to our hunger and fullness cues and to our satisfaction and do all the things in the 10 principles, our body will find a place that it is meant to be at and it will stay there because that's how it wants to be. Set point is like a thermostat. It wants to stay within that range. So trying to achieve something with intuitive eating would go against the fact that we're supposed to let our body find that natural range that it desires to be at. Number five is something that needs to be self-evaluated or evaluated by a practitioner because, of course, all of these you can evaluate within yourself, but not all of them you can evaluate in others, and that is thinking about where your coping mechanisms are at and also where your body image is at. The thing about intuitive eating is it's really easy for your mind to convince you or your emotions to convince you that you should alter the way that you're eating and that it's actually intuitive when it's not if you don't have strong ways of coping and identifying that. And so an example of this could be something like you're super stressed out at work and because you're so stressed, your hunger and fullness cues, but especially hunger cues, are diminished. So you're not feeling hungry in the morning or for lunch or for snack. But in those circumstances, we have to recognize that it's actually the stress making us feel that way and that even if we're not hungry, we still need to eat. So you're kind of imploring some of that mechanical eating and gentle nutrition in those circumstances. Another example of this could be you're having a bad body image day because the night before you, I don't know, maybe it's just a bad body image day. It doesn't even have to be anything that happened before. 
your mind could tell you, oh yeah, no, I'm not wanting X, Y, and Z ingredient or X, Y, and Z meal today. But you need to be able to pinpoint that that's not actually intuitive. That's your mind telling you that because it's having this insecurity around your body and because it's using food as a way of coping with those emotions. So that awareness around how food, exercise, or body changes could be used for coping and also how to apply different coping mechanisms around emotions in general and emotions with body image is extremely, extremely important. And although I think you'd be tapping into a lot of aspects of intuitive eating without this fifth thing that I mentioned, it would be hard to be fully intuitively eating. So again, you can't evaluate that, evaluate that in someone else's content, I don't feel like, but you can definitely evaluate that within yourself. There are so many other things that I could add here to bring up awareness around whether you're intuitively eating or whether you're intuitively quote-unquote restricting. And obviously the word restricting, even in that intuitively restricting thing, is kind of narrow. It doesn't fully describe all of the ways that you could accidentally be altering your fully intuitive nature around food. You could even just be applying little rules or doing things around wellness that you think are quote-unquote healthy that are really just you applying a rule for control. You could be accidentally engaging in habits because you're having an off-body image or emotion day. There's a lot of ways that this can show up, and that's why it's so important to make sure that you have someone that you work with, if you can, that can walk you through the process of not only intuitively eating, but getting to intuitively eating and making sure that you are not accidentally just co-opting the language of intuitive eating to make it how you want it to be, which is still somewhat of a form of restriction or of rules. Now, when you look at this in the greater perspective, I really caution you in following people that use these terms and yet they don't, just honestly, I caution you in following people that use these terms because of the fact that you just never really know where their relationship with food is actually at. And that's really important to keep in mind. I am recognizing that I forgot to add that if someone is using terms like gluten-free for their intuitive eating, but they're celiac, that's definitely a different story than if someone is using that term and they're not. So I do think we need to be mindful of chronic illnesses or diagnoses, but I'm just adding that in now because I don't want you guys to think that I'm unaware of that, but that's pretty much always the case with anything that I say, that there are going to be exceptions to the rule, especially for those that may be dealing with some type of chronic illness or diagnosis. I hope that this was helpful in determining what to look at, how to view things, and maybe just overall brings a different perspective. I wanted to rate this on our diet culture scale of 1 to 10, but I just don't know how you would because there's so much variation to this. We have not had a lot of things that we could rank on our diet culture scale recently, which is quite a bummer because I do love doing so. I will say that if you resonated with this podcast or you resonated with struggling with certain elements of not being fully intuitive, Live Unrestricted is the step directly to bring you to intuitively eating. 
We do all of the work in helping you know the exact steps that you need to take in order to get food, body image, and exercise to a place where you can fully engage and be intuitive with yourself. We have extreme levels of success with clients in getting to that place and have worked with close to 200 women on this. Our next round starts August at the end of August, basically. So if you are interested in that, I would definitely clink, clink, click the link in our show notes because spots are already currently filling. If you have any questions about it, feel free to submit a question in our question box where it also says you can submit podcast ideas or reach out to me via DM as well. And I'd be happy to answer any of those things. Thank you guys so much for being here. And I can't wait to see you all next week. Bye, guys.